Hey guys, this is Bram. I'm the creator of StartupStash.com and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. It's Paul Kemp. Uh, I try to find some of the best uh, startup founders, co-founders uh, from around the world and uh, interview them for your benefit. So if you're interested in apps or the startup space, or if you're kind of bored at work and you, you, you're wanting to know what this life is in startups, then this is the episode in the podcast series for you. Uh, I, today, I've got a really interesting guest uh, lined up for us uh, He's going to tell us how uh, we're going to benefit from uh, the work he's doing on his app and and, and uh, also curating news. Um, let me introduce our guest. It's uh, Sol Weinreich, and he is the founder or co-founder of Miner. That's M-I-N-R dot com if you want to go and check them out. Dot me. Dot me. M-I-N-R dot me. There you go. Miner dot me. And um, I guess you you know, when you, you, you have that big sellout, you'll probably get the dot com, yeah? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we well, welcome to the App Guide podcast anyway. Yeah. We're actually going to stick with the dot me because uh, that's strategic. It's uh, part of our branding. Uh, what we're doing is we want to bring uh, data mining to the masses. So we all know that, uh, or in a sense, it's not, well, we want to do a lot more than that, but Part of our, our, our goal is to use uh, algorithms, artificial intelligence, advanced uh, machine learning to, to bring you the content from the Internet that's relevant to you. Now, the reason why we do that is because um, there are over 92,000 articles published every day, uh, which leads to just a tremendous amount of content. It's just too much for any human being to consume. I don't care who you are, obviously. It doesn't matter if you're Albert Einstein or if you're, you know, the, the guy down the road. Nobody can read that much. And so that leads us to this point where, and I see it in my generation, I'm pretty young, relatively young, only 29 years old, and, you know, especially with my younger siblings, etc. cetera, um, they all have cell phones, they all have smartphones, they're all online all the time, but they just don't have an interest in, in finding the relevant news because there's just too much of it. There's just too much noise. So our focus at Minor is, is to, to deal with this and, and to keep people engaged in what's going on around them, in their community, in, in, in politically, in their world, you know, whether even if it's not necessarily, you know, down the block, but in the country, you know, today there was a lot of news recently, you know, with, with Bibi Netanyahu from Israel making, you know, comments in Congress about Iran. Uh, you know, I think that that has global repercussions. But if you don't read the news and you don't follow the news, you don't know about that. This is actually a really important subject to me personally as well, because uh, I do consume a lot of news and uh, I've found that the mainstream media, it, uh, they can't be trusted anymore in a way because uh, they're always pumping down fear, uncertainty and doubt, you know, and, and, and an agenda. there's always agendas behind the news. So uh, it's good that I can go to somewhere like Minor and ask Minor to almost curate the news for me. Can I almost like just say, can I have some positive news? Are you going to deliver that, are you? Uh, what, what, what we do is we use um, social signals to learn very quickly and build a profile about Paul, right? And then what we deliver is only what, what our algorithm uh, determines is relevant to you. 
So at, at it's broad. It's not like we'll, we'll say, oh, you know, Paul lives on, on, on whatever, you know, in, 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 in uh, I don't know, Golders Green. So we'll, we'll find him only news about his three-block radius. It, it, or Paul lives in London. Okay, so, so uh, I'm scared now because I did actually used to live on Golders Green. Yeah, well, that was a good guess. Was like, <laughs> I know. That's when I first moved to London. I used to live on Golders Green. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so the, you know, the goal is to, to figure out enough about you to, to provide to you more relevant content, but, but obviously with a, with a focus on, on not siloing you into only what, what we think you'll like. Um, yeah, so, so that's really, that's really our, our, our goal and, 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 and what our mission is. It's just to, to, to peep, keep people engaged in, in what's going on around them. So, Saul, I have to say that it sounds like you're uh, extremely passionate about what you're doing in your mission. And there's going to be listeners listening to you right now who want to try and emulate what you're doing. Well, perhaps you can give us a sense of how you got started with this particular startup. Have you done a, f- a few more before? Uh, or give, give us a little bit of history on, on you as a, a startup founder. I grew up around printing, around books, around, te- around uh, all that for, for my whole life. My dad's been a printer. My grandfather was a printer. Uh, so um, grew up in that world, uh, left college, decided to start my own uh, sort of vertical in the family business. And I actually ended up consulting for the family business uh, as well. So started just doing what the family business had been doing, but I expanded internationally. So where my dad was mostly U.S.-based uh, between vendors and clients, I went and found more international vendors, uh, started providing more services using international vendors, stuff like that. And uh, did that for about three years. Uh, yeah, three years. And at about, uh, about a year ago, start, I started looking at, at, at print, and I always, you know, enjoyed technology, but I didn't understand what an app was, how, you know, how to build an app or what went into it. I didn't know anything about project management, about anything a year ago. A year ago, I, I was just a guy, you know, and I said, you know, l- let me see if we could somehow use technology. And I, I, I knew about, uh, you know, personalization. So I always believed that, and I still believe that for print, for newspapers to survive this era, the only way they could do it is if they could provide a similar experience to online, which means that I could go to a specific website and I could, I, or I could, you know, I could go to Sports Illustrated or I could go to a specific website for, for my, 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 that niche vertical that I want. And in print, it, it's sort of a, a good analogy. The newspaper is like the supermarket of news. It's like going to Walmart or, or to Tesco in, in England, right, where, where you have everything. And, and, and the websites are more like the, the local corner store where it's a little more focused on what you want to buy, right? So, and with that analogy, I always felt that for print to survive, it needs to, to, to personalize. And I always was running around telling people how we have to personalize print. We have to, you know, we have the technology. The, the presses exist to do this. And we have the software. Why are we printing everybody their own newspaper? And this has been my, this is something that had been, banging around in my head for a while, had some other ideas, even how to use it like for retail, you know, for, for um, uh, you know, stuff like that where, where you could send, I could send Paul a, a catalog that's only relevant to him. But um, obviously, uh, you know, that was, so started looking just at bringing tech and print together. And throughout that process, being away from my desktop and being on my mobile more, I realized even how much worse mobile news is than desktop news and how much more fragmented it is and how much harder it is. And part of that is just because my phone is very personal. So 
and, and that's why I want it to be relevant to me. And, and if I'm on my phone, I'm prob I probably don't have time. You know, I think there's leisure reading. I think leisure reading may happen on the mobile, but not during the day. It's more of a, of, 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 you know, and, and for me personally, at least, it definitely only happens a lot more on the desktop than on, the, than on mobile. So that being the case, realized that I was missing a lot of stuff that was, that was going on around me that was important to me because I couldn't stay on top of the news as well and just, um, you know, fell in love with the space, but, you know, got really passionate about solving this, started looking at what was out there, really didn't find a, a good solution. And, you know, we, we've actually um, started off, originally the idea was a pretty simple one, it was about, fine, let's find what's relevant for every user in their Twitter stream. So it was sort of like micro-trends, I like to call it. And that was the original idea, but as I'm sure you know, and as I'm sure your listeners know, ideas are iterative. You, you don't wake up in the morning and have this great, startup idea that takes over your life that you end up building, you know, for, for five to seven to ten years, right? What happens is you have an idea, you have a kernel, and then, you know, you plant that seed. And, and so from there, so we started off with this idea of microtrends, let's figure out, because Twitter is such a good source for news, and then we started just looking at news in general and said, what about the people who aren't on Twitter? What about everyone else? How could we, you know, use publicly available social data that they could give us to really cr create this personalized, customized content for them. And that's really what we've been working on and uh, what our, our forthcoming app will, will uh, you know, hopefully do. Yeah. So in terms of, I mean, it sounds like a wonderful journey. And I wondered how you actually got the, the funding to get this started. Was this uh, from your own pocket or did you end up get, getting funding from angel investors or, or was it a case of uh, having to raise money? Because I know that's one of the biggest questions I'm often asked about getting started in a startup. Yeah, so um, uh, basically my journey was, was, was pretty, you know, obviously not knowing anyone in, in the te technology sector, not knowing, still not knowing, uh, you know, anybody, so to speak. I know some people now. I've, I've been working really hard on building out a network and getting to know as many people as possible. Um, so essentially what I did was I found a dev shop, a development, you know, consultant, consulting firm called KashX Labs. They're really great. KashX.com, great group of guys. And I found them. And I, I paid them to build our, our MVP, to build this Twitter filter originally. And, but I worked very closely on that. It's not like I didn't give them a blank check and, and, and tell them, here, go build it, right? So I, they invited me to their hip chat rooms. So I was always there. I was always involved in product, always, you know, getting on the designer's case. And I sort of paid, I like to say, like, I paid, you know, whatever I spent on, on that original MVP to learn product management. And now I learned what it takes, you know, how to manage a product, how to get something built. And uh, as part of that process as well, I really became very friendly, very, very close friends with one of the founders of KashX, uh, Ben Tatelbaum, who is now my co-founder. And we just worked closely together. And I guess whatever I, I, I said or did over the last, uh, you know, eight months or a year, you know, till, till he, he agreed to join us, whatever I, but whatever I did or said, uh, you know, was it meant enough to him that, that now he's he's agreed in principle to join us at Minor and, and is my co-founder. And uh, so, yeah, so th th that's really what my journey was. So I did not have any angel funding. Everything, I guess you would say, was bootstrapped. Um, and, and I like to always say that there's a catch-22 of, 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 of development. And what I mean by that is you never have enough of what you need. So even if you go out and raise some money, it's not enough because you won't be able to, to or you know you have enough money it's 18 months it runs out it's not it's not forever right and you have to grow and you have to do more than what your resources allow at any given time 
So whether that means you don't have enough developers because you can't find them, because we know that the people, the talent is really the, the real, the real uh, you know, commodity here. Not so much commodity, but the real, you know, the real thing of value, the real thing that's hard to find. So whether it's not enough developers, not enough money, or, you know, or, or not enough users, customers, there's always something that you want to have more of. And, and you have to just use less to get more. And, and that's really um, your, your job as, as, and what the really great founders figure out. Yeah, I love that. Uh, you, you have to use less to get more. And I think uh, we can learn a lot from that. Now, there's going to be uh, a lot of people listening to this who uh, don't know how to code apps, but want to get into you know an app type of uh, startup. Do you need to know an element of coding? Or do you need to have like a co-founder who knows it? Or, or can you run... Uh, and just in and outsource or employ those uh, resources to code the apps. So really, it depends, I think, on on your app. So if your app is, uh, you know, for example, a good example is Pinterest. I, I don't think Pinterest had any technical talent on their team for like a long time. The the, the real first couple of years, and they raised a ton of money and et cetera before they brought any of their dev in house, because Pinterest is not really a technical challenge. Pinterest is a, is a design challenge, right? So it was more about the design and it was more about, about that, right? So, so some, depending on what you're building, you, it, it becomes more or less important to have design, to have tech in-house. So if you're building artificial intelligence, if you're building, um, uh, you know, another example would be ad tech, right? Ad tech is very technical. You really have to know your stuff. You have to be able to deploy these massive clusters, uh, you know, that are that are simultaneously bidding on on, on millions of instances to, to really to, to hit scale to reach scale. But that's something that you really you can't hire a junior coder three years after you started build, you know building something to raise you know a million bucks or whatever a year doesn't matter what your timeline is, you know, and then get them up to speed or even a senior coder, right? This is something that they have to really know very well. And it's something that they really, you have to grow into. You have to journey experience to be able to, to get to that level, right? So, for example, um, uh, you know, depending on what you're doing, it becomes more or less important to have the tech in-house. Yeah, now there's two things we need to do before we say goodbye, Sol. One is that uh, we love to come up with new ideas and, and speaking with someone that's as passionate as you, I know that you've got several ideas that you probably haven't got time to work on. And I wondered if we could try to uh, flesh out an idea with you, uh, something, uh, you know, that we could either build as a web app or a native app. And I wondered, I wondered if you can share that with us. Do you have an app idea? Uh, you know, I, I think in, um, something that, 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 that uh, you know, uh, I, I've, I've thought about off and on for a while and this is more of an enterprise play. It's a little different, but um, sort of not every time, not everyone needs a data science level of analytics for them to make their business better. But for example, if I have Google Analytics on my website, so if I know what that means, I could then take that and I could logically imply certain things or not, or I could hire someone. And, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm talking about even if you go to the next, path, next level, mixed panel, et cetera, that's all well and good. But when it comes to brick and mortars in particular, 
Um, I think that analytics, and I'm not talking about where McDonald's knows exactly how many people go into a specific location every day and how many burgers, how many pounds of meat they have to have there at any given time to be able to serve whatever the demand will be. What I'm talking about is, you know, you have your local diner down the block, Joe's Diner, who, who, who doesn't, you know, who does whatever, a million dollars a year, let's say. You know, he has a nice business, does well, but, you know, doesn't have the resources of a huge, you know, conglomerate or chain or et cetera. And, and he wants to, to, to deal with spoilage, right? And, and, and all these type of things that come up, for example, in the restaurant business, but the same is true for clothing, et cetera. I, I think some, I call it sausage maker analytics, where you could, depending on, you, you could put in, Whatever data you could glean, you could figure out whether it's POS data, whether it's data you know on top of that. But then, just you know, move away from 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 your gut. So you you know you know Tuesdays are busier, but you end up you forget that that Tuesday's a holiday, and just avoid mistakes that end up costing the small business and can really ruin the small business's week, month, or year. And I think that same can be said for clothing. Uh, you know, where if it's you, you you know how many pairs of jeans to buy for a season, or you know what colors or whatever. And I think that some of that using big data and open data and and combining that into what you can learn from the business itself and sort of having something that a non-technical person, non-data science person, because you can't afford to pay someone eighty k to 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 pay SAP five k a month, you know, for their analytics package or IBM whoever. So sort of a, a SaaS analytics for small business that, you know, could give you some actionable insight based on some limited information, I think would be would be really cool. Yeah, I think that's a great idea as well. I mean, what you're talking there is big data for smaller businesses so that they can actually use some of this data to uh, manage their inventory and uh, just reduce spoilers. And uh, I think that's, uh, you're really onto something there. So I've seen a few versions of apps do that, uh, especially in the the bars and restaurants, uh, they, they, you can actually stock inventory with just uh, um, uh, uh, using your iPhone and, and taking images of the uh, bottles of alcohol and uh, looking at where they are and the levels and stuff like that. And <laughs> it's really interesting. So yeah, anyone in listening to that idea, uh, you're onto something and I think you should go and, uh, and build it. So there's one final thing, which is uh, we are uh, an app related show. We'd love to know uh, if you have an app or two that you use to get through the day uh, on your smartphone, perhaps one you could recommend to us. Yeah, so um, Slack is, is, is huge for us, you know, um, just because we're a distributed team. So my co-founders in Virginia, um, some of our developers are in Virginia. We, we have a, a designers actually from Serbia. So Slack is, is a lifesaver. Um, HipChat as well, same yeah, idea. Yeah, I was so, going to say, know. so which, which one, you're actually using Slack, but you, you mentioned HipChat earlier, and, and are you using both? Yeah, so um, uh, I, we used uh, HipChat for a while, and I actually like some elements of HipChat better. So HipChat saves all your links, so it's really easy to find links where in Slack, like as a list, you have a list view of all your links, all your files. So Slack, I believe, only saves files like in that list view. So having that, that view of links, I think, is, is super useful. Um, but they're, they're both great. Uh, right now, we're using Slack primarily, um, which is awesome. Love Slack. Um, and then, uh, and then uh, I also use Sunrise Calendar, which is just really beautiful, really fun, you know, syncs up with everything. And, uh, yeah, um, I actually use that one. I'm really worried because they were just taken over by Microsoft. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and then I, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out, even though it's not really an app so much. But uh, I work at a WeWork, which really just makes it uh, for co-working. And WeWork, they, they have such beautiful spaces. And, and they really, um, the, the community is great. And, and I, I just love WeWork, which, which, you know, means I don't have to worry about, about phone bills and electric bills and coffee and whatever. And I, I could just, you know, add on, remove as comes up. And it's just that, that's another really awesome thing that, that, that really, I think, uh, makes it so much easier, especially at an early stage where right now it's just me and my co-founder and then some, some contractors. So, you know, as you branch out and you could have up to like, you know, you can start doing the math, but especially in a place like New York City where, where, where space is, su- is such a premium, you could probably have a, even, a, you know, 20, 30 people at a WeWork and, and, still, and it still would pay. And, and, and it's, just, it's just great to be here and, and to, to, to love to work, to, to go to where you work. So you have to love what you do, but it's also good to love to where you go to do it. Yeah, uh, I'll put links to that on the uh, episode show notes. So people just need to go to theappguy.co and search out the episode with uh, yourself, Sol, uh, 250, and uh, you'll be able to get links to all the things we're mentioning as well. And I, I love the idea of WeWork. I'll definitely make a note of that and put it on there because uh, when I started r- running a business, when I first left my finance job, uh, I ended up spending more time worrying about the uh, office and the plants and the coffee and <laughs> paying the rent and paying the phone bills. And you kind of forget that you're actually not there to do all that stuff. So uh, any, any company that takes all that headache away from you is, is definitely a worthwhile investment. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. So how do we reach out and connect with you, Sol? Because you're so inspirational. I'm sure people would love to uh, know how to get in touch. Well, you can email me anytime at Sol, S-O-L, at minor, M-I-N-R dot M-E. That's Sol at minor dot me, M-I-N-R dot M-E. Uh, I do respond to my emails, uh, even though I, I don't think I'm ever going to get back to inbox zero. I think those are, you know, days of the past. But no, I do get back to everybody, I, uh, you know. And, and I have, and I, I actually, um, I, I really like uh, just giving back to the community. So you know, my journey this past year has been very transformational for me. You know, going from uh, industry that has very little tech, which is why I started looking at ways, but just learning all about tech and, and getting to know it. Um, and and, and that, that's been a, a great journey. So if anybody's thinking of making the leap, uh, you know, feel free to reach out. Um, uh, as far as if you, you know, you asked about needing to know how to code, you know, there, there's a funny, um, Startup L. Jackson has a, has a, has a has a blog which I'm not even going to mention the name because then we'll get a we'll get in trouble. It's, it's, it, but essentially, if you Google Startup L. Jackson blog, he has a post on there about how as a as a as a as a founder just realize that the hardest thing is to get people to use what you build. So focus on getting people to use what you build, and don't bother going out and learning how to code unless it's something you think you'll really love. So if you love solving puzzles sure, go learn how to code. Maybe you'll be really good at it, and maybe that'll be the best use of your resources. But remember, you have limited resources, and you just, just a way to use your resources to the max is to, to stick to what, you know, to what you're good at, essentially. So, so if, if you're good at selling, you know, you know, figure out what it is. Build an enterprise app and go sell it. You know, go grind it out. If you're good at, at, at ideas and, you know, and whatever it is you're good at, just... Just try to use your strengths 
and then find someone to compliment you uh, who, who has what you're weak at. So for me, it's tech, right? I can't code, so I, I had to find someone who could do that. But, um, but you know, and, and another thing you have to realize as well is you have to be as good as they are, so you, you're going to want a superstar to be your co-founder, to be your partner, so to speak, right? So remember, you have to be a superstar as well. Right, so you're not gonna as good as you are. That's as good as the person who, who will partner with you. So you, you you just have to remember that going forward. So so just make sure you're doing everything you can day and night to, to move the needle to be to be to be the superstar because you always want you know you want your partners to be superstars as well. So you've just picked up on one of the big themes there, which is the importance of a co-founder and the team around you. So uh, it's great that you mentioned that. Well, Sol, this has been so exciting talking to you and just so passionate, loads of energy. And I know that everyone listening to this is going to be uh, really energized. You know, we have had people who have left the uh, corporate jobs because of the guests uh, that they listen to so I'm, I'm no doubt that uh, you, you may be uh, getting a few phone calls or emails <laughs> from people leaving their jobs and uh, trying to pursue startups so thank you very much for joining us on the app guide podcast and all the best with that wonderful journey that you're taking uh, with your uh, startup thanks so much for having me i really enjoyed uh, the conversation and uh, if anybody again feel free to reach out to me i'm always here to help out and give back as much as i can.